Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. And I'm Paige Miller. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and under the Grain Talk tab at gfo.ca. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, I talk to Justin Shepard, Grain Farmers of Ontario's Market Development Coordinator. We focus on the Wheat Harvest Quality Survey, how and why we take the time to gather samples and produce a quality report. And I will have a conversation with Brendan Burney, Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario. And this week we spotlight Farm HR with Sarah Plater-Finley, Grain Farmers of Ontario's Human Resources Consultant. First, a Grain Talk news update. A federal election has been called for Monday, September 20th. Grain Farmers of Ontario is working to make all candidates aware of the government support needed for grain farmers and the role we play in a strong economy and sustainable future. We have launched an advertising campaign focused on three areas of concern. Business risk management, climate regulations and carbon pricing, domestic and international trade. We need an agri-stability program that offers real support for farmers, environmental regulations around reducing carbon that work for and with farmers, and support for our domestic and international markets. Part of the campaign includes a video focused on our commitment to the environment. Ontario's grain farmers do a lot of amazing things. We grow the grains that put nutritious food on your table, and we stand up for the environment too. Grain farmers are constantly finding ways to feed Canadians more sustainably. We work hard to protect local waterways and soil, which creates biodiversity in the areas where we farm, helping wildlife thrive. Farmer members are encouraged to reach out to the federal candidates in their writing and share our concerns with them. You can find more information about our asks at grainforgood.ca. At the request of Grain Farmers of Ontario, the Ontario Farm Products Marketing Commission is proposing amendments to the Farm Products Marketing Act relating to grain plan and grain marketing. The amendments would remove a requirement for Grain Farmers of Ontario to undertake a mandatory review of its district structure every five years remove restrictions that limit our authority to establish funds, allowing the board to establish funds consistent with its mandate, and revoke redundant provisions related to wheat marketing now that the wheat pool has closed. You can review the details of the proposed amendments on Ontario's regulatory registry, available at ontariocanada.com slash registry. Click on the current proposals tab to find the listing. Public comments can be submitted until September 13th. This year's annual general meeting is going virtual again. Join us on Tuesday, September 14th at 8.30 a.m. for the meeting. The AGM will provide an update on recent activities of the organization and review the audited financial statements for the fiscal year. If you are a delegate and have resolutions, please submit them to Mel Rieke, Manager of Member Relations at mreeke at gfo.ca before Tuesday, September 7th. For more information and to register, visit gfo.ca slash AGM. And now, here's my conversation with Justin Shepard about the Wheat Harvest Quality Survey. Joining me on the Grain Talk podcast this week, we have Justin Shepard, Grain Farmers of Ontario's Market Development Coordinator, here to talk to us about the Wheat Harvest Quality Survey. Thank you so much for joining us, Justin. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I want to just start me with a little bit about um, yourself and your role. Can you let us know what it is to be the market development coordinator here for Grain Farmers of Ontario? So my role is to work with domestic and international partners to expand and maintain 
the use of Ontario-grown barley, corn, oats, soybeans, and wheat. Now, one of those activities that you're responsible for or that they put you in charge of is our, our harvest quality survey when it comes to the wheat crop. And I know with wheat harvest just wrapping up, you've been kept busy with that over the past couple of weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about the survey and what it is? Yes, the wheat quality survey plays an important part. It helps us analyze and get a good understanding of the quality of wheat coming from Ontario fields each year. We look at it regionally, so we want to break down where the crop is coming from, when it's roughly harvested, and then we're able to take that information and take it forward to industry to make sure that they have the ability to best utilize the crop that's produced in Ontario. And what sort of results are we looking at in terms of what, um, what are we testing for? So we are looking at basic information that a farmer would receive when they deliver their wheat to the elevator, things like protein, moisture, test weight, as well as the potential for any fusarium damage. This information is important at the farm level because that's how their wheat is graded on when they're delivering. And for us, we want to have that basic understanding of what is the quality at a farm level. And then we ultimately work with our grains analytical testing laboratory to do further testing from there. How do you select who to get the samples from and how do you go about getting those samples? Yeah, we, we have great industry partners. We work with elevators from across Ontario who have partnered with us long term and are very invested in helping us collect a good representation of each year's crop. Uh, it, it's really based on region. We want to make a nice sub-selection uh, dependent on the region. We want to collect a wide range of the different classes of wheat, including uh, spring and winter, uh, hard and soft as well. So we try to spread out our area of who we work with and make sure that we're able to collect enough samples to get a good representation and that closely matches what production is. And in this case, soft red winter wheat accounts for just over 80% of the production in Ontario. So we're shooting for roughly 80% soft red winter samples to make sure that we really represent statistically the information that we put forward. Now, I know that last year when it came to collecting the samples, there was a couple of accommodations that had to be made in order to get those samples from the different elevators and such. Um, but how has COVID impacted your ability to do the survey this year? Yeah, last year was really our great figuring out how to deal with COVID. And the grain elevators last year were spectacular in uh, coming up with a great plan to make sure that we felt safe in collecting samples on their end and then ultimately for us uh, moving it through our process. So this year and last year, we've worked closely with elevators uh, on using storage totes. This allows the elevators to collect their samples and leave the samples in these storage totes, leave them outside of their buildings, and we are able to collect those without actually having to go into any offices or actually uh, work in person um, with, with the elevator. So it, it really is helpful uh, to obviously we've been very concerned about COVID and we want to reduce any sort of risk as well as make it easy on our partners who are collecting these samples because they are doing something just for the benefit of this survey. So we want to make sure that it's easy for them to do it, that it's safe and that we're able to provide a good service for them. And I feel like this has gone really well last year and it's carried into this year where even in future non-COVID years, I think we will have this as a better system for quickly being able to pick up and get our samples back to our lab. So why do you think they're so willing to help us out with this survey? 
I think there's just a, a good partnership between farmers in the province as well as the elevators. They work hand in hand and they really do see value in sharing this information. So we're able to take it forward to whether it's milling group or the feed industry. They definitely see that there's value in it. We're also able to share the results we're seeing back with them. So they get benefit out of seeing data and really ensuring that what they're grading and viewing wheat as is also what we are able to confirm with our own lab. The lab that we're using is the Grains Analytical Testing Laboratory, which is our joint venture with SGS that we started in 2016. Can you explain a little bit about that relationship and how the testing through them works? Yeah, so we work with SGS Canada. Uh, the initial grading is actually completed by SGS in Hensel, which also does fee-for-service testing, but we work uh, that group actually does the grading and does work like falling number, which this year has become quite important. So they do that work for it. From there, we work with the SGS group in Guelph, which is the Grains Analytical Testing Laboratory. And they're the group who actually has the ability to mill the samples and do the full suite of baking tests that a commercial mill would be doing. So we work with two groups, both with SGS. However, the where the samples actually end up to be milled and baked is the actual grains analytical testing laboratory. You mentioned falling number, I think a couple of times now. Can you give an explanation about what that is for people that don't understand what falling number is? Falling number is not an actual grading characteristic for Ontario wheat. Instead, what is used in at primary elevators is sprouts and sprouting is a visual representation where it's easier to do at the elevator and it gives a general representation of what falling numbers are likely going to be what the falling number test is trying to do is trying to test for that soundness of the wheat and making sure that it hasn't started to grow essentially which is what a sprout is so falling number is a more scientific test to determine uh, the characteristic of is that wheat essentially sprouting or trying to grow. And if the wheat is sprouting, that affects, say, an end user's ability to have the same quality control within their end product. Yeah, absolutely. And it's mainly a concern on the milling industry. Uh, when making flour, they have certain specifications for falling number in order to be able to mill and then ultimately be able to bake that product with the appropriate uh, rising and spread that is expected from that flour. How else is the information that is produced by the survey used by people in that end use industry? So mills use this information to both double check the information that they're seeing from perhaps their own labs, but it also, our goal is to see mills and bakeries actually be able to expand their use of Ontario grown wheats. And we're hoping through this program that by providing this information and working closely with these end users, that ultimately they have incentive and they have the awareness of what quality is each year so that they can maximize their usage of Ontario wheat in their flour blends. A lot of the flours and a lot of the wheats grown in Ontario tend to be used in blends. So for example, soft red winter wheat is oftentimes blended with higher protein wheat. It could be hard red winter or hard red spring from Ontario, or oftentimes it's blended with Canadian Western red spring. And this allows a miller to maximize their efficiency in their plant 
and ultimately our goal is to see how can those mills use as much Ontario wheat in their process as possible. How much of our wheat is being used here domestically and how much is exported? The domestic industry consumes 56% of the wheat produced on average in Ontario. And that domestic industry encompasses animal feed, milling, as well as the small percentage that goes back into the seed. That leaves 44% of the wheat in Ontario that gets exported. The majority of that goes to places like the United States, Quebec for animal feed, Mexico, Brazil, as well as a few other countries that it has been exported to in the past few years. Are there any particular regions that you're seeing an increase in exports to? Places like Mexico and Brazil who have started using Ontario soft red winter wheat are definitely enjoying the quality that they have found as we have had really great quality over the last three years coming from Ontario. So they've become very consistent markets. They expect a certain type of uh, quality each year and Ontario has been able to deliver that. Are you concerned at all then about our reputation for quality with this year? As you indicated, the falling numbers haven't maybe been where we would want them to be due to the impact of the weather on this year's wheat harvest. Um, you know, what, uh, what sort of impact is, is this year's crop going to have? Yeah, that's a great point. However, this year, I think we would say that the crop is variable. So even though there are areas and there are certain uh, harvest windows where the wheat quality is a bit lacking as far as going into milling. There, there still is lots of wheat that has been harvested that came off in really good condition. It is a number two or better with strong falling numbers over the 280 uh, seconds range. So there is still a lot of really good quality wheat being produced this year in Ontario. Uh, all regions have some good quality. Certain areas have better quality than others, that's for sure but ultimately with a huge amount of our wheat that going into the animal feed market, it will take some time to sort out where the good quality exists and how to move it to milling and to export positions. But there is good quality wheat that is in Ontario this year. So why is it important for us to do this survey and, and make this information available to, to industry? You know, why, I guess, why would you say it's, it's our place or our role to do this survey? Yeah, wheat is an interesting commodity in Ontario because when you look at soybeans and you look at corn, they're true commodity products where they're sort of a base standard for those crops. And then they go into the system and they get used for any number of uses. Wheat is a little bit different where there's tiers where mills for human food are looking for different quality compared to, say, the animal feed market. So it's really important especially on a quality challenged year to really understand where there is good quality wheat, ensure that our mills have access to that, ensure that our export partners have access to that good quality wheat, and then be able to maintain those relationships that have been built up over years. Without this information being shared and worked with through the industry, perhaps companies are more interested in importing wheat from other areas to replace this but on a year like this, we can show here are regions where you should be looking to find the quality of wheat that you need for your process. And hopefully it maintains Ontario wheat being used in their blends on a day-to-day -day basis going forward.
typically once you have all of the survey results in place, you put together a presentation to share out with industry and, and gather them together to hear those results. How do you do that presentation in, in the COVID times? And, and what is typically the response you get back from that presentation when you do make it? Yeah, it's, it's really important that we get in front of the millers in, in Ontario as well as internationally who are using Ontario wheat. These presentations are put together with our joint venture through the Grains Analytical Testing Lab, Laboratory, and we use their expertise to share the baking and the milling impacts of wheat. Well, we present more on a general uh, yield, general quality, and show where the samples ultimately came from during the year. And what are some of the results that you've had so far this year? I know that not everything is, is in, um, you know, the data, data analysis hasn't been done on everything, but what have we seen with those first couple of weeks of, of sample results that you do have? Yeah, so we've received about half of the samples so far that we would expect to get. With the challenging quality in some areas this year, it is a bit delayed in receiving information back from the lab. The falling number test does take time, and there is a lot of interest from industry as well this year in getting falling numbers completed. So there is, it is a slower process this year, but we have about half the samples so far. We have soft red winter samples from the southwest, the northwest, and the Niagara region of Ontario, which is how we break it out. We are waiting on the eastern region, which includes northern Ontario, um, to see that data as well. And on this data, the early harvested crops in all areas showed fairly strong quality, more in the line of the last couple years. However, the, the data, especially out of the southwest and Niagara over the last two weeks, has started to degrade a little bit. And even though most samples are still testing a number two, we're starting to see falling numbers start to get into a range where it may not be able to be used for milling uh, for that quality. So really that's what I was saying, that it is a variable year. There is very good quality and there's some poor quality depending on the region. It depends on the, the rains, when the, wheat, when the wheat was mature and how soon it got harvested. So it, it's really important to look at regional as well as county level data this year to see what exactly is out there because there is a wide range of quality. Yield is often a topic of conversation when it comes to any crop, but then for wheat in particular, protein is important. What have you been seeing on both yield and protein when it comes to the wheat crop in your results from the survey this year? The yield has actually actually looked really excellent this year. I, we don't have full results on what yields will be, but it's going to be at least an average crop in most regions, if not better than that. A lot of this can be attributed to the fact that commodity prices have been strong. This spring and coming out of winter, the wheat stand looked very good and farmers went out and, and did make extra applications or at least the recommended applications of nitrogen that definitely increased the yield and gave strong potential on that front. And that also perhaps benefited the, the protein uh, being seen in the soft red winter crop this year. We've seen an increase in protein compared to last year, up nearly half a percent uh, to nine and a half percent in the Southwest region. So overall we're expecting, or it looks like we should see higher protein as well as yields from last year. So while there are quality issues in certain parts of the crop, 
overall the yield and the protein for farmers does look very good. And protein matters because that's what's needed for bread making, right? Yeah, so protein is more important in things like hard red spring wheat as well as hard red winter wheat where it's used directly in bread making and high, uh, high loaf breads. In crops like soft red winter wheat or soft white winter, the protein percentage isn't as important, but it does play an important part if it means that it can displace higher protein wheat coming from elsewhere. The higher protein in soft red winter this year should allow it to be used in at least as high of percentage as last year, and it could actually be higher on a blend ratio. When do you expect to get the rest of the results and and where can people go if they are interested in seeing what the results look like across the province? On our website at gfo.ca, under the market development tab, there is a wheat information page and that shares where all the grading information is. It is also where we upload the technical bulletins, which includes the more detailed milling and baking analysis completed by Uh, SGS Canada at the Grains Analytical Testing Laboratory. Within two weeks, or by essentially the end of September, we should have the majority of all samples, excluding perhaps some spring wheat samples, into our uh, lab. And then it takes another couple weeks for them to actually uh, be baked, and, and that results. So normally by the end of September, we're able to post online exactly what we've seen through our survey Uh, is happening in the wheat this year. Well, I want to thank you very much for your time today, Justin. It's it's really interesting to hear all about the the wheat survey and 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 know about the quality of the wheat here in Ontario and just exactly why why we run this program. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Rachel. Joining me today on the podcast, we have Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario, Brendan Bernie. Welcome, Brendan. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to sit down and chat. No problem at all, anytime. So there was some pretty big news coming uh, forward this past weekend, and I think a lot of us knew it was coming, but an election was called on Sunday. Um, and what does that actually mean for Grain Farmers of Ontario? Yeah, I think we all were kind of anticipating something coming and weren't sure when or, or how quick everything was going to look like uh, timeline-wise. So For the Grain Farmers of Ontario, it just means trying to be actively engaged with the parties and trying to make sure that the messaging that you want them to hear is out there. And and I guess seeing where parties lie in terms of some of the issues that would be uh, on farm for our members and and how we can maybe have those discussions around those pieces. So what are some of the on-farm issues that we want to bring attention to? Well, I know we've, we've circulated some information there where there's three main asks, so the business uh, risk management program, we want to make sure that that's working for farmers. Uh, a lot of the programs that are there, the current programs, just seem like they're not uh, adequate for, for the needs on farm. Uh, so that's one of them. A low-carbon toolbox is what we kind of call it to, to help Canada achieve the objectives they're putting out environmentally. Uh, too often, we're not included in that environmental discussion and we're out on the land uh, working it and, and working within the environment. So we just want to make sure that when some of these pieces are coming forward that we're considered. So whether it's the, the grain drying uh, piece that we've had talks on, the carbon tax, clean fuel standard, pieces like that, we want to make sure there's some sort of alignment with how it would actually work on a farm versus maybe somebody looking at it from a, a government perspective that, that doesn't have that farm background. 
And then at the same time, I think the third one is basically defending uh, the existing marketplace that we have and trying to find new markets for grains and oil seeds. So just trying to make sure the agreements that are put in place uh, will help us maybe expand some of these trade pieces uh, worldwide and, and then protect the, the good trade that we do have with other countries. Yeah, it sounds like those three asks are fairly simple and straightforward. Yeah, and I think that that's the key, right? You you can overcomplicate things at times with your messaging in terms of uh, to people that aren't aware of what you do on farm. So if you can kind of keep it to a few points and, and kind of be clear about what that ask is, I think that goes a long way with, uh, with government uh, understanding what we're asking for. A hundred percent. So how can our members and listeners get involved with this election, these election asks? Obviously, it's still a, a bit of a different time with, with COVID still happening and, and some of these different variants that are showing up. So we want to make sure everybody's safe in what they're doing. I, I know candidates are canvassing and, and having some discussions and doing some things virtually as well. So what we've tried to do is uh, put the, the information out there in front of the delegates and the membership. And then also uh, we're going to have a delegates session where uh, all delegates have been sent the, uh, the email with a link for a Zoom meeting uh, next week there where we'll kind of give them, we'll, we'll show them the points that we've put up here, maybe a few questions that if they do attend a, a virtual town hall or if there is something in person, they kind of have some pointed questions that they can ask to all candidates uh, just to see where they stand on some of these farm pieces. So we wanted to just make sure that if there were uh, interest in our membership and in having some of these conversations that we empowered them to do so. So I think that's the, some of the big things is just, just asking those questions if they get the opportunity to the candidates and, and seeing where maybe they, uh, they stand. Cause sometimes you read the party literature, but uh, candidates are different in, in every riding for sure. Yeah. It's, it's difficult because sometimes you want to vote for who, you know, represents you as a whole or you want to represent you want to vote for somebody that's you know represents your area specifically and what they're going to be able to do to help your area so it's kind of tricky yeah exactly there's some there's some strong candidates in in regions that that maybe are are in a a party that traditionally hasn't been been backed by agriculture but they do a real good job in in their area of promoting agriculture or speaking up for farmers so we kind of take that approach of talk to all the parties, see where they stand, talk to all the candidates and, and just be open that you're coming from a farm background and, and you're looking to be at the table when things are having, uh, when grain issues are being discussed and you want to know where they stand when they go to represent you. So with this election, I know it's a fairly quick turnaround. I think it's what, 36 days. So there's going to be a lot of movement. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's it's a different one for sure, because I think we're kind of used to to having kind of a long drawn out process that seems like by the time you get to the end, it's an endurance test. And and this seems like it's going to be more of a sprint to the finish line. So I think in general, I would just say just uh, keep up to date with on what your local candidates are saying, uh, reach out to them with some of the messaging that we may have put forward. And at the same time, if uh, if there are some of these virtual meetings where you think, you know what, uh, it might be good, somebody from the Grain Farmers of Ontario, myself or Crosby or staff uh, participate. In this Zoom world, it's very easy to, to connect and hop on uh, wherever we are and, and participate as well. So we kind of put that out there that uh, if we're 
having some of these candidate meetings or, or maybe some of the leadership meetings or things like that that are going on. Uh, we are open to having those conversations or opening open to, to helping you uh, ask the questions that, uh, that are kind of burning across the countryside. So if there is anything outside of the, the piece that we've kind of provided or the session we're going to do next week, uh, you can also contact the office and, and have that conversation. You know what, my candidate's saying this, but the party's uh, platform doesn't show that. How would I go about asking? We're more than willing to help facilitate some of those conversations as well. That's great. That's nice to have, you know, that extra little bit of support when you're not sure what you need from, you know, the organization there to help you get those questions asked and, and, and out there. Yeah, I think a big part of this is we want to empower the membership. So if there are people that are interested in, in having political discussions, but they're not quite sure how to do so, uh, we're more than willing to to help because we're kind of in that cycle now. Like we're going to have a, a federal election uh, a month from now, and then the provincial election will be uh, in spring of next year. So uh, you can get a little bit of experience or, or get your feet wet in some of the questions here and that might lead into uh, you wanting to be involved a little bit more in the spring. Uh, but it's it's kind of that time right now where we've got two of these pieces coming forward and a lot of different issues that could affect our farmers. And you want to make sure that if you do have that question that, that it's asked, you don't want to regret after the fact. You know what, I really should have asked our candidate this because now uh, we're here and, and they're the elected person in the area and they're not speaking up for farmers so now is kind of the time to, to get involved. And it's such a quick timeline that uh, a lot of people, it might feel like a scramble to get involved, but it, it doesn't take too long to just kind of give you a few speaking points to say, you know what, if you just hit on this and this in your questioning, uh, it'll go a long way to getting the answers you're looking for. Exactly. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Today I want to talk about safety training for farm operations. As a farm employer, you have an obligation to protect your workers under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. And as part of this obligation is to make sure your workers are aware of the hazards they'll encounter on the job and how to protect themselves and others from those hazards. When you have a new employee start on the farm, it can be difficult to determine what safety training is required. Unfortunately, there is no clear list of required trainings the requirements are flexible so you can assess how much information a worker will need to work safely based on the job that worker is doing and the hazards that they will encounter while doing the job. The employer must conduct a hazard assessment of their workplace to determine the hazards the employee will encounter and any training they will need around that hazard. Farm employers are subject to the same obligations under health, occupational health and safety as non-farm employers Examples of safety trainings that may be required for any workplace include general health and safety awareness training, workplace specific health and safety training, violence and harassment and WMIS. Farm employers are also obligated to comply with rules specific to farm operations. Examples of some of the safety trainings specific to farm operations include farm equipment training, such as how to safely use balers, conveyors, or manure spreaders, tractor safety, and how to avoid slips, trips, and falls on the farm. Your workers don't have to be trained on every hazard in your workplace. 
just the ones that may, they may be exposed to. But there is an obligation to ensure that the worker understands the information and instructions you've given them and can apply it to their job. To help you understand your obligations as a farm employer and guide you in assessing and developing the appropriate safety trainings for your workplace, we have several resources to share. The Workplace Safety and Prevention Service specializes in safety for farm operations. They offer a wide variety of ag-focused services, including health and safety consultants, training both in-person and online, and safety literature and videos, which you can use to provide information to your workers. You can learn more about WSPS at wsps.ca. The Canadian Agricultural Safety Association also offers a variety of ag-specific health and safety trainings and resources. You can find them at casa-acsa.ca. Also, the Government of Ontario offers resources to help you understand your obligations as a farm employer and provides information on required trainings for farm workers. This information is available at ontario.ca backslash guide to the Occupational Health and Safety Act for farm operations. Lastly, as part of your Grain Farmers of Ontario membership, you also have access to the Canadian Agricultural Human Resource Council's AGRA HR Toolkit, which includes information on setting up a health and safety program for your farm operation. If you're interested in accessing the AGRA HR Toolkit and its many resources, email hr at gfo.ca for the access code. To access all of the resources I've mentioned, visit gfo.ca HR on the farm under the health and safety tab. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Justin Shepard, Brendan Burney, and Sarah Plater-Finley. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.